Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Happy New Year as we go back to the future and hear from Peter Brock. A year of um, talking to him about the approach could see him have a very, very good uh, transition into international racing. That's really what he wants to do, of course. That's right, the king of the mountain from 1995, talking about the future of touring cars in Australia and his new young teammate, Craig Lowndes. It's not to be missed as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. First up, a reminder that fans can pay tribute to the life of Jason Richards next Monday, the 9th of January at Sandown Motor Raceway in Melbourne from 3pm till 4.30pm. Entry is via a gold coin donation. While New Year's Day normally features driver or sponsorship announcements, this year no announcement of driver changes have been released on that first day of the year. With a few good seats still up for grabs, Gary Rogers has told the V8 Insiders he's not sick of the media asking him when he will announce who his new steerer is. Oh, look, I'm not sick of the questions. You guys have got your work to do, I understand that. And, and if I knew who we were, were going to have, I certainly would say, but I do not. And uh, when I do, I just know I'll feel it's right, and then it will be time. And does the car of the future require Gary to change his thoughts on what type of driver he's looking for? No, no, you need someone that can drive bloody fast, continually. How is that hunt going? Well, it's, in pro- it's work in progress. I feel like a government department. Yeah. It's dragging on like the government department would too as well. I hope you've had a great start to 2012. After the break, on a special interview not heard in over 16 years with the king of Australian motorsport, Peter Brock. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. This week, we hear an interview that I did with Peter Brock from 1995, a year before the new V8 formula was about to be put into place. It's an interesting chat with the 
undisputed king of the mountain. One man, I think you'll agree with me here, Duncan, who really set Australia talking about touring cars again was Peter Brock. Yeah, I don't think you'd ever get uh, someone at 50 doing driving quite as hard as uh, he's been, and I think perhaps driving probably the best in his career. Well, Brocky, two weeks ago you became Mr Personality of the Year. How does that really sit with you, Brocky? Thank you very much. It, uh, I saw you on Sports Tonight and uh, you seem quite happy with the whole affair and you've seem, seemed very comfortable. Has the role of uh, being the spokesman for touring cars sat with you fairly well over the years? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been there and done that, I suppose. So uh, along the way you pick up a bit of experience, a bit of knowledge and, uh, of course, you feel comfortable about, uh, I suppose, making a comment on, the, on, on something which you're so familiar with. Um, I, I felt that uh, I had a very good 95 um, from a competitive point of view. Uh, the support I've had from the public has been probably greater than ever. But uh, in a way, we're a bit stiff not to sort of uh, kick a couple of goals there with the uh, Sandown and Bathurst. You know, it was there to be done. Um, probably counted against us in the, some of the other awards in the end. Because the Touring Car Championship, I thought I had a terrific championship, to be honest with you. In the Touring Car Championship, was the highlight of your season your races at Malala? Probably was, yeah. Although I I ended up, uh, I got cut short on some points at Phillip Island in the wet. And uh, I was actually on slicks, you know, in that wet. <laughs> I didn't realise it at the time. The boys told me, they said, you're on slicks, you know. I said, you've got to be kidding. I was driving like I had intermediates on. Um, and I won that race, uh, but it was cut short and cost me some points, uh, only half points instead of full points. I thought that was one of my better drives. Uh, I finished 100 points ahead of Larry Perkins, uh, who was the next Holden competitor. And I thought, uh, you know, that was, uh, well, a, a satisfactory uh, result for the team. I think we all felt that that was uh, reflecting the fact that we had the best Holden team. But she... Uh, fell apart a bit at the at Sandown and Bathurst. That was um, not uh, on the agenda at all. Mm. At the end of the season, and in fact at your classic race, everything did go right for you, although the boys did use some interesting wheels that uh, have since been banned. No. No, that's not so. Oh, I thought they were uh, were banning those wheels that you had uh, with the uh, trick lug nuts. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be running them next year then. Well, I, I would see uh, no problems with um, with any of the teams uh, doing a similar thing. It's just simply a matter of um, you know uh, how uh, you know how well the people sit back and interpret rules and regulations, and uh, you know, uh, I mean, innovations. What motorsports all about? So. Uh, I think that uh, you know, the opportunity using these things will probably arise sometime in the future, uh, perhaps at a race meeting where it's raining and then it fines up and you drop in for some slicks or something like that. Uh, but really it's just a long-distance sort of setup, isn't it? Mm. But three seconds is three seconds, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Rod Harrop, our uh, chief engineer, uh, I mean, he's brilliant. And he's, he's recognised, I think, around Australia as probably being the foremost uh, motor racing engineer. And uh, he's, 
he's he always comes up with something new, something different, and um, that's not the last idea that Ronnie Harrop Ron Harrop will have by any stretch of the imagination. No, and you did pick up a new teammate for next year too, Craig Lowndes, and that yeah. is going to be a lot of fun for you because he's going to be a young lion, and he's certainly going to be wanting to out-qualify you and push you every inch of the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like when they're young and keen and he wants to beat everyone. Um, and that's fine, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's the natural sort of aggression of youth. Um, it'll be interesting, in, in uh, I suppose, from the point of view of... Um, having to help him curb that so he can get some results because uh, you know a lot of that is in the uh, the the approach the attitude that a person has and his attitude is that uh, he just wants to go fast and doesn't care about the consequences and uh, you know I think that um, a year a year of um, talking to him about the approach could see him have a very very good um, transition into international racing that's really what he wants to do of course yeah was the was the biggest uh i, I don't know if it's the biggest joke but was it a good joke in the pits that the un, most unlucky man that could be racing at bathurst and at sandown this year was his teammate <laughs> yeah i think it was <laughs> <laughs> so he certainly got the least laps yeah no he uh, you know certainly needed to uh, have a few little words in the old shell pink ear but, uh, you know, let's face it, uh, when you're young and keen, those sorts of things happen. <laughs> uh, I'll have plenty of opportunity of talking to him during 1996, I'm sure of that. Uh, I feel, feel very much for uh, Thomas Mazzera. I think uh, he's a lot faster and better than, uh, you know, he was probably judged to be. Um, he, he just simply... Uh, at the end got sort of um, out-tweaked on the whole thing of saying, well, we need someone new and someone who we can, uh, a fresh face to really uh, regenerate the whole interest in motorsport. And uh, to, to a certain degree, uh, I guess uh, Thomas sort of missed out because, uh, well, he was just sort of a face that had been around for a little while and he was a fresh-faced young kid who wasn't necessarily any quicker. Uh, but, um, you know, if you're 20, and that's a very promotable thing. Yeah, I guess with uh, this season behind you now, the biggest controversy in the off-season so far has been television. And right towards the end of the season and the long-distance races, we had a conversation about that where you were talking about you'd love to see Monday night racing. You proved that night racing on television could be successful by having a reasonably late time slot on Saturday night. Yeah. But I put that to Mike Raymond and he said it'd never work. Well, it did work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know that's uh, that's just a fact of life. That uh, uh, you know, Oran Park, for instance, our list uh, Eastern Creek is going to a uh, a night format for the opening round of the Touring Car Championship. So uh, I guess that uh, Channel Seven probably think well, it can work because they're going to do it. Um, we shall wait and see, though, because there, there are a lot of uh, ways and means that motor racing has to uh, capture the imagination of the public. Um, you can, uh, with going into the three 20-minute race format, uh, there is perhaps thought that um, a compulsory pit stop would be a good thing in a race. Why not? Uh, Formula One has sort of got a... They, they have this sort of attitude that um, they introduce a bit of a wild card every now and then with... Uh, they had fuel stops at one stage. They have uh, uh, tyre changes these days. 
uh, nothing to stop us from sort of looking at that because entertainment's what it's all about. And if that means a uh, different time slot, uh, different uh, night racing or, uh, you know, I'm not talking about this being the whole time, but occasionally I think it's a good thing. Yeah, every now and then you do have to shuffle the cards around a bit just yep. to uh, make people re- and retain some interest. Well, look at the way that they, they fiddle with the regulations with uh, uh, footy. I mean, AFL, for instance, is going through some changes, some experiments, particularly for the uh, pre-season competition. Uh, one-day cricket, they introduce new things all the time to try and uh, come up with new and more interesting ways of um, capturing the public's imagination. I see no reason why motor racing has got to go with things just because that's the way it always has been. I mean, change is what it's all about these days, and uh, uh, if you're going to compete successfully against other sports, well, you've got to start looking very carefully at these things. Mm. One thing that I think everyone has enjoyed, we're fairly well aligned with Motorsport News, and one thing everyone has enjoyed is your column in Motorsport News. Has anyone ever approached you to... uh, maybe put those columns together and uh, run them in a book because books do sell well yeah people uh, have sort of said to me a lot of people have said look when are you going to write a book when are you going to do it come on Brocky write it um, I mean I just dash those things off and drop some little homilies in there to, as, as I see fit at the uh, at the time and I do sit back and think well I if I did write a book, it would be aimed at one thing and one thing only. That would be to, to uh, uh, perhaps motivate other people into doing some things in life which uh, maybe they're a little bit afraid of doing. Um, I wouldn't write it from a point of view of so-called setting the record straight, which people have said to me, why don't you set the record straight when it comes to how the press have, have uh, castigated you at different times or how you've had problems with General Motors. I said, look, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested only in writing about something which is going to uh, motivate and perhaps uh, get people to think more positively about uh, taking control of their own lives. That is a theme that comes right through your writing in Motorsport News and I guess having the opportunity to be able to do it in a column section gets you out regularly but not having to be tied to a a word processor as it was. Well, yeah, look, I just uh, feel that that motor racing is a, is a great uh, sport. It really experiences the highs and lows of life. And any person who gets involved in uh, in motor racing purely to uh, win races and it's all going to be hunky-dory, well, they're going to be kidding themselves. Motor racing is always going to be uh, one of those unpredictable sports that um, because it's so complex. I mean, you've got the track condition, you've got the tyre choice, you've got engine builders, you've got people who put the cars together, you've got pit stops, you've got other cars on the track doing the same thing at the same time. The list goes on. So consequently, you're going to go in motor racing experiencing uh, success, failure. You're going to experience all sorts of uh, stuff in between. And really, uh, if you don't learn from that, well, you've you've missed the point of doing it. We'll have more from Brocky right after this break. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as we continue our chat with Peter Brock from 1995. One thing... uh that you have got in your sights is next year's championship and uh, well how do you feel your new Holdens are going to stack up against the new Fords well a couple of interesting things happened during the year Um, Craig Lowndes was doing all the testing and uh, it was uh, it became obvious to us that uh, you know the boys were looking at grooming Craig for 1996, so they said, "Let's get him some miles. Let's let's let him do some, uh, you know, all this tyre testing and chassis testing and testing the components, what have you." And I didn't actually get to do any testing or any behind-the-scenes sort of stuff. I personally was driving the car as Craig had uh, had uh, been using it, and I got to Sandown Bathurst and the AGP race, and I thought, "This is not quite as good." I don't, I, there's something not quite right here so I sort of said look can I try something else here and I tried it and I'll tell you what it worked we did this at the classic I thought oh this is nice this is very good and all of a sudden when we came from uh, the AGP to the classic the car was right on the pace and uh, um, for 1996 we said oh more of the same there thank you very much and we've got a, quite a few things that uh, will give us small incremental improvements they won't be uh, huge jumps ahead down the track but they'll be half a car length here another half a car length there and we have to tail the car for 20 20 uh, minute races which probably falls into Johnny Bo's lap to a certain extent because they've got a very car very fast car for qualifying and also very fast for uh, uh, you know 10 laps or so whereas our cars have been really tailored to give you know that endurance speed we've been good at the end of these races rather than at the beginning so we're going to have to um, work on that one now what i tried it called it actually will help us in that 20 minute format uh for 1996 so i'd like to see to think at least we can come out there with all guns blazing and uh, really uh, put on a very good show particularly in the first part of the series mm. from what you're saying it sounds like that uh, peter brock wants to jump in and do a few more laps at- in testing conditions um, and, and doing a bit more pre, pre-race preparation for the car so you can tailor that car to you. Look, you've hit the nail on the head because, look, some drivers can't make a tyre last over a distance, whereas one of my, uh, one of my I suppose, the attributes I've had over the forever, forever and a day has been able to keep a car intact over a long distance. And really, it's just patience as a driver it's just being careful and you know having driving with what you call mechanical sympathy you just you don't get the car sideways you try and keep it accurate and neat and feed the power on instead of hanging it sideways and all of those things that i'm sure the motor racing aficionados are uh, familiar with and uh i i you know I, I suppose putting it bluntly just because someone else doesn't like it doesn't mean to say that i'm not going to like it i i Quite often, if they say, oh, that tyre's no good, it's only last 10 laps, I'll oh, give us a go at it. And maybe you can have a go at it and you can say, oh, yeah, I can get about uh, 20 minutes running out of the thing. 
yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that changes the complexion of the t- company, the tyre company's uh, choices on tyres and also on the team strategies. You can start looking at things saying, well, okay, let's get this thing qualifying at the front row of the grid every race and then make everyone try and catch and pass us, which is a totally different thing from saying, okay, let's make it real cool here, let them qualify quick, but boy, boy, we'll wear them down during the race. Well, John Bo proved in 1995 that um, being fast and qualifying and fast in the initial parts of the race wins you the championship. And I'd like to think that, uh, you know, if I can have, um, you know, have some input as a driver on the choice of these things, uh, I, I think we'd be going the same way. That's my feeling. Yeah. You had uh, an interesting run around Australia. You weren't able to back it up with a, uh, two wins from two starts, but uh, the Holdens did serve well. Yeah. Yes, uh, really, it was quite a remarkable result as it transpired. I mean, George Shepard uh, was uh, quite brilliant with the way he sort of um, engineered things for 1996, for 1995 at least. I thought that um, he did... Well, it wasn't as complex a task as what it was in uh, in '79. Uh, it was a lot more, um, a lot less stressful as far as time and effort was concerned. But uh, nevertheless, it uh, was a, he got the most out of a very, very uh, sedately tuned motor car. Our cars were not the fastest, but boy, we drove them hard. I tell you, we drove those things like there was no tomorrow. Um, it wasn't my event. I knew that from the from the very first uh, uh, special stage, I got a uh, stick through the court in the radiator. I was poked a hole in the radiator, and uh, it was a 55-kilometre stage. I got in the stage by perhaps 20 kilometres. It was just a bit of stick lying on the road, and you couldn't believe that it would have flicked up and just um, put a hole in the radiator. Anyway, it did, and that cost me uh, something like an hour. And uh, from there on in, there was no way known I could... Uh, you know, it was my event, so I just concentrated on having a ball. I just relaxed and enjoyed uh, meeting the fans and putting on a bit of a demo for them in the car and just generally uh, enjoyed myself. And uh, I think that it got from, uh, went from bad to worse because I think you hold the radiator three times in the first couple of days. No, once. Once, huh? Once when I was leading, leading the event, it was just a piece of windfall lying on the road. Um, it was actually said that I hit a tree or something. Not so. I, it was just a piece of... Um, of uh, wood that had, you know, stick that had blown off a tree and then stick it has hit at such an unbelievable freakish angle that it uh, it poked up through the uh, plastic bumper bar, through the radiator, and the water gradually leaked out. And uh, I didn't realise until I'd gone perhaps another uh, 10 kilometres up the road that the temperature gauge, gauge was slowly climbing. And uh, that, was the, that was the end of that. It did break a valve spring. Um, in another stage just after that and I in fact um, had to limp along until we could actually put a valve spring back in it again none of us knew why the valve spring broke because it wasn't revs it wasn't uh, any uh, harm done to the engine it just needed us to (laughs) so anyway I got those out of the way and uh, we pressed on Mm. what do you um, what do you think do you want to do more racing like gentleman Jim Richards He's uh, been jumping into the Porsche and jumping into all sorts of different things to get the runs up. Do you want to do more racing, or are you quite happy just uh, jumping in the touring car every round? 
No, I want to do some more racing next year. In fact, I'm going to New Zealand to race in the new year in the Trans Am Series uh, against Jimmy Richards, as a matter of fact. Um, and I'm also um, uh, looking at uh, some of those other special events that are around the place, such as the uh, Targa. I'm not saying I'll do the Targa, but uh, they interest me somewhat. Uh, I'm interested in the Super Tours, and uh, we shall wait and see what transpires. Yeah, there's been all sorts of rumours. I know this show has been pretty good at spreading them too, that uh, you've got to wear that sort of special Volvo hat when you do get into Super Tourist. <laughs> uh, we shall see what happens, my friend. Um, there's um, there's a, a number of options that uh, I guess are in front of us at the moment, but yeah, I enjoy the racing and uh, I have uh, you know uh, a great deal of pleasure from uh, going around the countryside and meeting people and... Uh, I find life quite different nowadays than what it was in years gone by, and uh, uh, more racing the better, for, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's sort of you in the at the stage now where everyone probably wants you to drive their cars as well. Yeah, there's plenty of offers, which is a nice thing to have at this stage. Talking about offers, there was a bit of confusion up there at Calder Park. Advantage thought you were signed up for one race. John Faulkner said I thought he was driving two, and you're jumping in cars with autographed pens in your pocket and starting out of pit lanes and still put on a heck of a show. <laughs> I was actually only signed up for one race, um, that was a fact, but uh, because the HRT management uh, realised that uh, the Oscar race concluded as the five-litre race final was about to start, they took that race very seriously because it was uh, on national television and uh, they, you know, the team had had a pretty uh, mediocre result in the previous three races. And, um, you know, there was, there was no doubt that there was only one race. But uh, there was a bit of confusion there. And in the end, I said, oh, look, I'll, I'll get him driving it. Let's not have any aggravation. I'll just drive the thing. So I jumped in the car and drove it. And uh, they didn't, the team didn't even realise I was out in the track driving, to be honest with you, the uh, Holden Racing Team boys. Um, so then I uh, pulled up, jumped out, went over to the pits. And they said, you were in that race? <laughs> I said, yeah, I was. <laughs> And uh, got an 05 and uh, went out for the uh, for the uh, five-litre race. As it transpired, I won the race, so they said, oh, the Oscar race, the Oscars didn't hurt you at all. You can drive them every race if you like from here on in. But um, it was um, a very full program because I uh, was doing a little bit of um, hosting and uh, there was a fairly uh, large commitment with uh, sponsors and with the crowd, so I was um, pretty happy to, uh, to get home and... Uh, rest up i can tell you after the uh, the frantic few days here at the classic yeah all right peter i appreciate you taking the time out and uh spending it with us here on thunder i know everyone here in canberra loves to hear how you're getting on and well this little look at your season this year has been appreciated thank you very much and uh yes the year has gone well but uh like everyone else you know i, I guess i look to the future and uh, i'm looking forward to really bumping 1990 96 yeah, well, before you get to 1996, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Same to you and all your listeners. And in 2012, television is going to be another major issue. It was interesting to hear what Brocky had to say back before V8 supercars even got kicked off. The white flag laps up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's Y Flag Lap, we hear from Dean Fiore, who's making the move to Jim Beam Racing this year. Yeah, I just think that the way the championship's headed um, as a whole, I, I believe that um, you know the more resources you have behind you, the more data you can look at, i.e. teammates and stuff like that, the better off you'll be. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think it's, it's the way to go. And like you say, it is a bit of a gap year, and it actually gives us a chance to run this car again getting quite old the old girl but um you know we'll um do it up like theirs and so i'll have three exactly the same so yeah it's um it's going to be a good thing with the way it's structured will you be going into their car and have james in your car differently sponsored or it'll be three across the board no it'll be it'll be three across the board but i'll st- stay in my car so james will be in his car at the moment just be branded differently stevie will obviously stay in his and um yeah i'll go over there in mine and i'll run number 12 Moff will keep number 18, and Stevie will run 17. With the additional information that you're going to get from that, what do you hope to achieve in next year when you look at where you are now to where you can be? Well, the main thing is it's a benchmark, you know. Like, we'll, I dare say we'll run similar setups. We'll run different ones to start the weekend, but the aim is obviously to end up with a very similar setup at the end of it. Um, and I've got a benchmark, so I know where I'm at, you know, like... Um, and yeah the, the whole idea of the whole process is to improve my position so I just want to run up the front you know and even in the top 15 for the first year and then further up after that if I can so yeah obviously when you're running your own team there are a lot of other extraneous things going on how has that affected you do you feel um, look I think it's just it's been hard for me to switch off you know from um, running the, the business side of things not really running it I mean I've got very good people around me in Greg Worcester and my brother Todd does a lot of work at home on the, on the books and whatnot. and my old man he steers the whole ship so you know they've sort of put everything in place to, to take as much pressure as they can off me but still I've got to drive the commercial side of it and try and get the sponsors the sponsors and the people that support me want to deal with me so there's a bit of strain sort of at the race weekend even with signage and stuff like that you know it's just non-stop so that's all we have time for this week on the v8 insiders thanks for joining us until next time round keep smiling and bye for now join us next week for more v8 insiders only on v8x.com.au